Thank you, Hannah and Pastor Taylor. Hey, Pastor Taylor, come here for a sec. You weren't prepared for this, but you're pretty spontaneous, so. I am. Tell us, uh, about a year ago, you started uh, being a part of a cohort, and this last week, there you go, this last week, you and Noel went down to this cohort. Tell us a little bit about it. Give us an overview. Who's there? What, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Gosh, I have no idea where to start. Uh, I have, in the last couple of years, I've really leaned into some different authors and voices that I think resonate, not only with me, but just where, where God's taken the church in this season in our Western culture. And uh, so I heard about this cohort and I've been a part of that for the last eight months, and we just ended it in San Francisco this last week. And the unique thing about it is the hope, um, the hope that I feel and that was imparted from this cohort for what God is doing in the church. There's a lot of raging against the, the church, and some of it is, is understandable because uh, there's a lot of brokenness, and there's a lot of uh, things that have been perhaps out of balance over the years and over the decades and even the centuries in, in the church uh, where the name of Jesus has been misrepresented. And, um, but the, I'm hearing from people who've planted churches in deeply um, secular and broken, hurting cities who have such a vibrancy and excitement for the future of the church. Wow. And the belief that the Holy Spirit is doing something new in the midst of those dark places and, you know, we're in a state, in a, in a, a nation, in a region uh, that is um, not perfect. And there's a lot of brokenness. And it is very easy to land on and stay in criticize, like criticizing mode and not stay in hopeful, redemptive, like what has God called us to in the midst of this mode? And this is, has been such an invitation for, for us, I believe, um, into this place of contending to see God do something in the midst of a broken season in the world. And so that's been a huge impartation for us. And of course, the interconnectivity, realizing how small the world is and, um, and the friendships and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if I answered it right. No, that's great. That's no. been what's been highlighted to me. Well, I, just hearing you describe it and lately in the last few months, I've really noticed a prophetic tone to your voice when you speak, not just to the congregation, but when you speak to me, to our staff. Uh, uh, you, I really feel like there's an anointing coming and developing or budding in you that is going to help us take the church forward. And so I'm excited for what the future is. I look forward to the day someday when you are my pastor, uh, because. <laughs> I look forward to that day in the future um, because I, I, I really feel like it's like I can just sense this anticipation like God's about to do something uh, and he's using you and Noel, um, your voice, the songs that Noel's writing, uh, just the, the whole flow of the future is so hopeful and I have so many friends that are pastors that don't have that hope. Um, because they, they don't have that in their congregation, right? They have to go outside to go find it somewhere, right? And we have it right here. And I, I just want you to stretch your hands out to Pastor Taylor. Uh, and let's...
let's, let's pray for him right now. Father, thank you for the voice that you've given this man. Thank you for the mantle that is on him. And thank you, Father, for uh, where you're taking our church. I'm excited. Uh, our future days look so much better than the days of old. The days of old were great because we laid a foundation, but Lord, you're, you're building something and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Lord, use this man, use his wife, use his kids, use this congregation and uh, may your kingdom come, your will be done here at Real Life Church as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Ben. Can I say one other thing? Is that sure. Okay? So just in line with what I was saying a minute ago, um, just because you pulled me up here and put me yeah. on the spot, I'll well, put you guys on the, the spot. Well, you have the anointing, so you can say anything um, you want. I, I think what would be really great for us as the body of Christ, um, I'm, I know many of us, as we think about the world that we're in and about the future, uh, there's a lot of conflicting feelings in our minds. Me, I'll just talk about me. Maybe this is you. So there's sometimes there's despair. Sometimes there's hopelessness. Sometimes there's confusion. Sometimes there's I want to move. Sometimes there's all of these different feelings. And I think those are valid and need to be acknowledged, but then put to the side and brought into context of what God is building on the earth and then stay in that zone and contend for a move of the spirit and contend to see God's kingdom established in the midst of dark times. And if, we, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves in that place where we feel these feelings and they start to dominate our perspective. And then the mode is, I've got to change something to fix this. And God is saying, I want you to stay in this and contend for this. And I, I think we ought to, as the church, especially those of us who've been around a while, is to contend to see God do something. And, and to stay in that zone. And then when you talk about and you think about and imagine the church, that you imagine a bright future because it is God who's building it, not us. Amen. 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 So let's contend for that together. And I'm believing for the best to come. I love it. I love it. There it is. The prophetic voice has spoken. Yesterday was a really fun day with all of our guys out at our property out in Black Diamond. Many of you don't realize this, but when we merged churches with the church that was in this building that started in 1970, we merged and, and came into this building. Well, we had planned on building uh, a church out in Maple Valley, Black Diamond area, right on Highway 169. But we weren't quite ready to take on that endeavor as far as the financial cost of building the building, but we did land the property, right? And so it's out there. It's 90 acres. It's a beautiful forest, and it's covered with 11 miles of mountain bike trails. And we were out there this, this uh, week for our men's breakfast, and it was so fun. I think we got some pictures. There's uh, some of the guys that were there. Uh, and uh, you can see uh, that there's – we you can see – yeah. Look at him. he got something on his shirt. Um, we, we were out there cutting wood that had blown down in the wind and uh, made friends and got 
three huge dump trailers full of wood that we took to Lions Bible Church that we prayed for last week. Right down the road, they have a firewood ministry. And so that was really cool. Uh, but also, we were able to share the vision of the future uh, out in that property where we're going to do an outdoor before and after school care creation program, kind of an outdoor school uh, where it's all outdoors. And, and so the guys caught the vision. We, they loaded up tons of logs that we're going to mill. Uh, at the, the miller's going to come and mill them and turn it into lumber that we can be, build shelters. But the most important thing was is the guys were out there serving and using their gifts and just helping out, pitching in, uh, and watching that was awesome. And so, uh, you know, in, in light of today being served Sunday, this is a really important thing. I, you know what? I, I saw something come alive in these guys uh, because not only were they working hard, but they were working side by side and doing something for the kingdom and the future. Uh, there's a lot of people that can complain about where schools are going or where, where culture is going and things like that. But, you know, it takes real people of vision to come out there and do something about it. And that's what we're going to do on this property. We're going to do something that, that really disrupts the enemy and, uh, and saves our children. And so, it's a, so I just want to say thank you to all the guys that p- pitched in on that. And hopefully we'll do another one soon uh, that you'll have an opportunity. Those of you that missed out on this one, you'll get an opportunity soon. And if uh, you got a log mill, let me know because we could use another log mill um, and, uh, or a track hoe. So there you go. Uh, let's, uh, let's open up our Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians. Boy, last week, man, Taylor lit it up last week, right? And uh, you can tell, you can sense that there is something stirring, right? Those of you that went out and you saw the Jesus Revolution movie, uh, especially some of you that lived through that tear, I, I, time, I'm sure tears came to your eyes and thinking not only did it happen, but it's going to be done again. And, uh, and so but we see what is described as uh, a, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, is being poured out on all mankind. And, and the scripture tells us that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, that old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. Dreams are something that you can't complete in your own lifetime. But visions are something that's right before you that you can accomplish today. And so when the two come together, it's a very powerful thing. Old men dream dreams. I'm not there yet. I'm still having visions. Um, but uh, dreams, I can feel dreams starting to stir, right? And as the, dreams, as the dreams come, I believe that God raises up young men and women with vision. And kids, for that matter with visions of of things to accomplish and to do to establish God's kingdom. So let's pray as we dip into looking at some buried treasure that is right before us. Father, I thank you for the spirit of God that is in this room right now. Holy Spirit, come. Come. Come, be here. Open our eyes to see things we can't see. Help us hear things that aren't even being spoken but they're being spoken by you. God, make things clear for us so that we can understand the times and know what to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We had Pastor Taylor up here a few minutes ago, but when he was about this tall, uh, or maybe about that tall, 10 years old or so, um, we 
uh, I think I shared this not that long ago, but I'm going to share it again because it fits. Uh, we decided we were going to dress up all the boys. Actually, it was just Taylor and, and uh, Shelby at the time. Uh, and dress them up like pirates and go look for buried treasure. And so we dressed them up, and then we called them uh, the Ziklag boys. Now, they're dressed up like pirates. We call them the Ziklag boys. I didn't bother to tell them that that was, you know, Ziklag was the city that got burned down and the wives stolen and, and, uh, and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And the Ziklag boys went and got, uh, well, we won't say what they did. Uh, but uh, but uh, that wasn't what we are trying. We just picked the name Ziklag because it sounded cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a Ziklag boy when you're seven, Right. Uh, and so we get in this boat with another pastor and his kids, and we uh, took off in a sailboat, and we started looking for buried treasure. Well, the kids didn't know this, but we had buried uh, some treasure uh, on the shore of this island. And, uh, and so we had a map that was all burned around the edges, and, and we went out looking for the buried treasure, right? And we found it. We navigated our way, and we finally found the buried treasure. They dug it up. And they were so excited to open up this, this box that had uh, licorice and Reese's peanut butter cups and uh, Skittles and uh, some candy coin money and all that, that kind of stuff. But the, to watch them looking for treasure was so fun to see that. Um, there's something about it. There's something about discovering and seeking until you find. And um, I think that that's something that we, we innate in, inside of us, that God put inside of us in our pursuit for God, in our looking for God. And last week, Pastor Taylor talked about the gifts of the Spirit and how the gifts of the Spirit are meant so that we can help each other and so that we can, so that we can minister to one another. And when you discover what those gifts of the Spirit are, it's very empowering and it's very, very helpful to the building of the body of Christ. Now, um, it's, like, it's, it's like this treasure that we have. Once you find out how, what it is and where it's at and how to use it, it's very empowering. And when you see somebody in their gifting, it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and so we, we noticed this out on the 90 acres, right? There are certain guys that knew their gifting, that they just kind of automatically flowed in that environment, right? Whether it's running equipment and whether, or like chainsaws and things like that, there was a natural gift that they had. Some of them probably learned that gift from their dad or whatever, but some just have this innate mechanical or uh, ability to navigate certain things that were happening out there on the property. And, but when you saw somebody in their gifting, it was really amazing. And when you asked somebody to do something, like I'd say, hey, do you want a chainsaw? And, and they'd go, no, 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 no. What, what does that say? You didn't wake up my natural gift by asking me to have a chainsaw, right? Or, hey, do you want to drive the track hoe? Uh, no. No, don't even want to go near it and actually don't want my shoes to get muddy either. And, you know, so, so you, you wake up a non-strength and that's not the area that we necessarily will point that person, right? And so once we found the gift, whether it's the gift of helps or it's the gift 
of, of communication or whatever on that day. Everybody found their place. Everything worked really, really awesome once everybody had a job that they could do. And it's the same thing in the spiritual life. When Christians find their spiritual gift and they lock into it, some beautiful things take place and there's some harmony that goes. And uh, so let's go back um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, I want to review a couple things or just cover a couple things before I unpack this buried treasure, okay? Um, First of all, uh, we're not to be unaware and we're not to be neglectful um, of our gifts, okay? This is what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special ability the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. One translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to misunderstand it. I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, so we understand this about the gifts. These are something that we have to be aware of. This is a directive we're hearing from the apostle. You need to be aware of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives you. Okay? Uh, We also established last week that the gifts of the Spirit have not passed away. They're still here. They're very active And you can see them operate in this church and you can see them operating in the community. You see them operating all the time. And sometimes you don't even know that they're happening. They're just happening. And so the gifts of the Spirit are something that we're supposed to be aware of. And so it's important that we get a treasure map. It's important that we begin to look for the buried treasure because sometimes life has caused our spiritual gifts to be buried. Maybe it's a belief that we got or we saw a misuse of it, but nonetheless, it's our responsibility to be aware of it and find out what our gift is. Okay, so you can't just go, oh, that stuff is weird. I don't want nothing to do with that. Okay, well, guys, listen, it's kind of like this. If we were all living in one little community where we had little cottages all just hanging out together, And the whole thing, everybody had to bring something to the table. They had to bring something for a meal. They had to bring something for finances. They had to bring something. And you chose to just live off of everybody else. You would be called a lone wolf, okay? You're on your own. It's all about me because I don't bring anything to the table. The lone wolf only gets what it needs, But in the body of Christ, we are all in this together. We all bring something together. We are a body. We are one. So we have to be aware of what our gift is because our gift allows us to bring something to the table. Okay? Okay, now, number two, God chooses and he distributes. A spirit, in verse seven, it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Okay? So God is the one who chooses what gift you have. You don't choose it. You don't get to choose it. You get to discover it. But it's oftentimes buried inside of us. So you have to seek until you find. You have to knock until the door is open. You have to find that gift. You have to look at the map and find the gift, okay? And God chooses, and then he distributes, okay? 
So that gift was distributed before you were born. I see it happen in my grandkids right now. I can see God's gifts in all three of them. They're all completely different, and they're very distinct, and they're starting to bud, and they're starting to, they're starting to show their head, and it's very, very cool. But what's really cool is when they discover it and they know it, okay? Now, let's go to the, number, the next one. Gifts are how we help, help each other because it says there in verse 7, these gifts are given to us so that we can help each other, so we need to help each other. That's what we do. That's who we are. When you see somebody that's distressed, you see a marriage that's not working, you see a family that's broken, you see somebody with finances that are that, that they're drowning in finances, they're drowning in, in their addiction, or they're drowning in, in their hopelessness, or they're drowning in their overthinking about things. And then you look and see which one of my spiritual gifts could be helpful. Which, some of my natural tendencies, what part of my story can I use that can help them? This is our, our goal, is we, we don't get spiritual gifts so that we can just bask in the anointing. This isn't the idea. We want to spend time in the anointing. We want to spend time in worship. We want to spend time in prayer. We want to spend time in Holy Ghost atmospheres where we sense and feel the power of God but the whole reason we go into those spaces is so that we can help each other. Are you following me? The object is not to spend every day in this immersed presence. We want to spend 24 hours a day, though, listening to that voice that leads and guides and directs us. But the whole idea is to get a gift, not so that we can be like, the great prophetess of, of Seattle, okay? Or the great pastor or the great evangelist. No, we wanna help people. This is our goal. We wanna make a difference. So, so we gotta figure out what our, our gifting is so that we can help some people. The next thing is, is, is that the, uh, the spiritual gifts are supernatural. They're supernatural. They empower us to go beyond the limits of circumstances and natural abilities. Some of us can only see what they can see in the natural. They, they, they can only see that. And so they have limitations of what can happen. And when you get, become aware of the gifts of the Spirit, it opens up your eyes and it opens up your heart and it opens up your mind to be able to see how to step out of just the limits of the natural life or the natural world into a supernatural Okay, something that supersedes the natural. And so when you find out what the gift of the Holy Spirit is, you don't just operate out of your head, you're operating out of your spirit. Are you following me? So the gifts of the Spirit, when you know that you have a prophetic gift or when you know you have the gift of the helps or when you know that you have the gift of mercy, you can go beyond the limits of the circumstances that are before you and enter into a realm that is super natural, okay? We want to go beyond the natural, okay? So this is where people get freaky because they don't understand it, and so they don't want anything to do with it. But if you're going to wait until you understand God, you're never going to have a relationship with him. It's got to be something 
that you just know on the inside. And so there, is, there are supernatural things that took place in the New Testament. We look at it and we go, man, we long for those days. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because you're not longing for your gift to be used. I'm not saying that about you. I'm just saying sometimes people that use that phrase, oftentimes they don't really know what they're saying. And so what we want to do is we want to, we want to take off the limits, okay? And then the last thing is the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are deeply experiential and they are intentionally missional. And what I mean by that is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these are things that get activated inside of you and you can, you can literally sense the presence. When Taylor was up here talking, I could sense the gifting in him coming alive. I could feel it. It's experiential. It's something that he felt, I'm sure. It's something when we, when, when we see people praying for people, we can sense that there's, they're experiencing something, right? When you have this burden that wakes you up in the middle of the night and you, and you go into intercession, that is, a, that is a spiritual experience that you have. And so the gifts of the Spirit are very experiential. But they were meant to not just be experienced, they're meant to be missional. They're meant to go beyond yourself and to send you on mission, okay? So what I'm going to do in a few minutes is I'm going to show you how religion has progressed to the place where we're now in this day of the Holy Spirit and, and, and show you... Um, where we're at right now. And so you'll see why you need to see your buried treasure of your spiritual gift. And then you'll know that it's time to be on mission. Like what Pastor Taylor was saying, we're experiencing all kinds of things in this world, but we got to set that stuff aside and figure out what our mission is. We got to figure that out as an individual and as a body, okay? All right, but before we go there, I want to make something really practical because I know that some of you are going, man, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I don't even know where to look. So I'm going to give you a tool that's going to help you. So uh, I'm going to pull up this QR code. And if you get your phone out right now, you can point it right at this QR code. And if you do, it will take you to a spiritual gift assessment. Okay? You see it? Can Can you see it? Okay, if you can't see it, then... We'll talk later, okay? And I'll get, you, get it for you, okay? And just put your phone up there and it should pull you to a website, okay? Now, if you go to that website, you can take an assessment. It takes about 15 minutes and answer all these questions. And at the end of those questions, it'll show you what your top gifts are, okay? Um, <clears throat> let me show you a list. Um, everybody got it? Okay, you got it all? All right. If you don't have it, I can give it to you later, Okay. You got it, all right? If you, Peter's still working on it. You, you should have your son do it, Peter. You, you get it real quick, yeah. Uh, so we got it? Everybody? All right. Um, and so once you go there, I, I, I did this. I was able to figure out uh, what my top gifts were. I already knew what they were, but I took like four of these different tests. I took like four of them, and they vary a little bit. So it wouldn't hurt for you to go check out some other ones as well. 
Um, but this one I felt was really good and it's free. There's some that cost money and this one's free and there's like four of them that are free. Um, but anyway, so there's a list of different gifts. We'll pull those up on the screen right now. Different gifts of the spirit. And we uh, pull that up. There it is. So those are the, those are, Taylor gave us nine last week and, and this is kind of an expanded version of that because some of uh, the ones that he gave last week can bro- be broken up into two different ones. And, uh, but actually there's, there's no limit to the spiritual gifts. You can't just say there's only nine. You can't say there's just 19 or 22. There's, there's all kinds of gifts of the Holy Spirit. But these are the general main ones. And you can see them up there, administrations, apostleship, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, trust, giving. Uh, you know, you see them, okay? So I'm going to show you mine. My top, my top giftings, I did the assessment. And uh, these are the ones that were the top, okay? And uh, that's kind of a weird apostle uh, being my number one. Uh, that means you gather people for a purpose, basically. And you're, you're a gatherer. You gather people and you are, you know, that's what I do. Uh, shepherd, which I'm pastor, leadership, wisdom, mercy. Uh, that's why I, I'm not in charge of benevolence here at the church because I'll give away the whole church for people that are hurting, you know, I feel. Uh, exhortation and service. Those are my main gifts, and these are my weaknesses. These are the ones I scored the lowest on. Maybe not a weakness, it's just not a non, they're a non-strength, okay? Discernment. Miracles and intercession. So isn't that interesting? The prayer team probably goes, oh my gosh, I got a pastor. It's like, oh, the dude doesn't even like to pray. I mean, what's the deal? No, the first time I I see that somebody's got a need, man, I want to call them up and say, hey, how you doing, man? That's not, my first thing isn't to intercede. My, the way I intercede is I make a phone call, send a text message, and or go visit them, Okay. Um, so, so, but, but intercession is, is not my, is not, I'm not like waking up in the middle of the night and praying for you guys. I'm sorry, but, um, <laughs> but we do have people here that that's their strength. Okay. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, miracles, uh, I mean, I've seen some miracles happen, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't make any of them. And, uh, I, you know, so, and discernment. Uh, that's why I have a wife. Uh, my wife, my wife is so discerning. I'm like, I'll invite, hey, come on over. You can spend the night. And it's like, you know, just grab all your stuff and, and I'll pick you up on the corner of the, the homeless shelter and we'll come on over. And, and she's like, nope, nope. I can't tell you how many times she's had a read on somebody and she's told me. And I said, oh, you're just being judgmental. And really what she was being is discerning. Okay. She was warning me, and after being me being wrong five or six times about people, or maybe 12 times, uh, I finally figured I just better listen and just shut up and just listen and just keep my thoughts to myself when it comes to her discernment, right? Because she's just got to read on things, and some of you are that way. So, but, so as you can see, um, there's some non-strengths and there's some strengths, right? And so... Um, anyway, I hope that's helpful, and I hope that you can look at the, the assessment. And then once you figure out which one is your strength, don't worry about your non-strengths. Don't even try to turn them into strengths. That's not the thing, because God distributes the gifts. 
And he decides which one you're getting. So just be happy with the one he gives you, even if it's just one. Just take it and use it, okay? And, uh, and then once you figure out what that is, then you study that gift so that you learn. And then pretty soon, it starts waking up on the inside of you. Are you following me? And so as time goes on, you'll experiment with it. And all of a sudden, you'll say, man, this really flows. Man, this is really good. And then you'll see how other people flow in that same gift. And it's a powerful thing. And so now let's do this. Let's talk about the role of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in, this, in the place that we're at today. Okay, you ready for that? Okay, here's four things. And this is, a, this is kind of an evolving thing of the Holy Spirit. This is a continual unfolding and expansive understanding of our relationship with God right here. First of all, starts out with observation, okay? Starts out with observation. In, at the beginning of man, and when man searched for God after Adam and Eve fell in the garden and man was on his own in search of God, they knew that there was something out there that was very powerful. They saw the wind, they saw the stars, they saw the, the floods, they saw the ocean, they saw all the things in nature that were very powerful and they could sense that there was something out there. And so this is where paganism started is observing creation and knowing that there's something, there's an energy, there's a force, there's something out there that needs to be reconciled with. And so they began to form different gods and they began to make totems and different things that they would worship to appease God, to keep God from flooding their crops or from causing drought and, uh, and killing their family or with sickness and disease and all that kind of stuff. And so they began to look. When bad things happened or things didn't go their way, they thought the gods are mad. And then they had to figure out which god to appease. As you can see, that would be very confusing because there was thousands of gods. And so God makers, totem makers, and idol makers, they, they made a lot of money off this. this is a, they, they would sell their merch. And uh, their merch is something that the people would worship or they, they use that as something to sacrifice to. Sometimes you can go into restaurants and certain restaurants and you'll see a God with a food offering down at the bottom even today. Okay, so they're, they're worshiping a God and they're sacrificing to the God, okay? And so, but then th this guy named Abraham comes along and he, he recognizes that there is one God. He gets away from his father uh, with the direction of the voice inside of him that says, leave your father's home and quit making totems, quit making idols, because that's what his dad did. And all of a sudden now he leaves and he discovers the one God, okay? And the Jewish faith that starts to evolve. Okay, and all of a sudden now there's this awareness that there is a God and that God needs to be obeyed. This is an external, this is an external understanding of God. And so um, this obedience to God is an external thing. So when you see what's going on with the Ten Commandments and Moses as he brings the Ten Commandments to guide the people, that was their way of being able to create community that was safe and that kept it healthy 
and that kept people from doing things that were disastrous, right? And so if we obey those 10 commandments, things are gonna go well with us. But it was an external connection with God that it's all done through obeying the law, okay? But then Jesus comes and Jesus begins to make a shift. And he shows us how to live externally, okay? So how to live, this is, he gives us wisdom, his wisdom teaching, the Beatitudes, and all the wisdom teaching that he did. Jesus teaches us how to live in the world out here and treat our brothers and sisters, teaches us how to do that in the favor of God and man. And so now all of a sudden, we follow Jesus. We're now, we got an external person that we can see that is being our example, and so we can follow him, okay? But it's still out here. Then he dies, he goes to the cross, and he's risen again, and he speaks with his disciples, and he takes it to the whole new level. He says, wait to go on mission until you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, wait, don't go anywhere yet. Because they were, remember how freaked out they were that he was dead? Then they were so excited when they, he appeared to them. And so all of a sudden, here's what happens is that Jesus says, wait, he goes away. They're freaked out. Why are they freaked out? Their external person that they're following is now gone. Who do we follow now? You following me? And he says, wait until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that pure spirit of intent, that thing that separates you from the world. And all of a sudden, instead of an external thing going on, now we move into an internal government on the inside. Are you following me? And so, so what happens is, is that Christianity is formed and it's formed with an understanding is that there is a father God that is the creator of the universe. That's something out there that Pagan said, there's something out there. We just don't know who it is. And there's a God that needs to be obeyed. That's our father God, okay? And then there's Jesus, the son who we follow. But then there's the Holy Spirit that pulls the two together and shows the spirit of intent of the Father and the Son and allows that to be our internal government. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you're immersed in it, now you're ready for mission. Now you're ready. And so that's why he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going away. I must decrease so that you can increase. And he releases us with a mission to go into all the world and preach the good news to all people and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Trinity, the triune God, 
the, the, the blending of the creator God, the blending of the son God, Jesus, the son who brings everything together in a human way of describing how to walk out the intent of God and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to speak in that still small voice and then he comes to anoint your gift in such a powerful way. And so some people say, well, why do you make such a big deal of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, because the, the, the Holy Spirit's the one that breathes on your gift. And when he breathes on your gift, it can lead you and guide you to doing something that is a gift to all. I'm gonna have the band come up right now. And uh, I want you to look within yourself right now and ask yourself, do you know what your gift is? If, if Jesus was to breathe on your gift, what gift would he breathe on? If the Holy Spirit was to reveal your gift, what gift would he reveal to you? Do you know what it is? If you don't, it's okay. That's why you're here today. That's why you're here today. God wants to breathe a fresh wind, a fresh fire. We are in an age where knowledge is not gonna do it. Just knowledge. Just natural gifting is not gonna do it. We need God to breathe on your natural gifting. You know, I think sometimes we get confused with our natural gifts and our spiritual gifts. But I think that if you really dig anything that you're good in the natural, God can breathe on it and make it supernatural. And you'll see where it falls under one of the spiritual gifts. I don't care what it is, whether you're an artist, I believe that that artistic gift can turn into a prophetic anointing. I believe that if you're good with numbers, if you're good with, as a mechanic, if you're really good at gardening or you're super awesome at needlepoint or you are, let me just say this, when we were in Israel and we gave away the quilt that Arlene DeBoer made for, for us and we gave it to our guide and said, we wanna bless you with this quilt. It's been prayed over by our church and he was a Muslim. And uh, he was so appreciative. He looked at us and said, can I give it to my son? He's in London right now and he has cancer. Can I give it to my son? He said, yeah. That's a spiritual gift. Arlene probably just thinks, well, I just make quilts. I'm just good at making quilts. No, she's not good at making quilts. She's amazing at making quilts. It's a gift. A natural gift that God has gone. Blown right on it. It's making a difference in people's lives. And so whether you're making coffee or you're blowing up balloons for kids in children's church, God can blow on it and watch. Would you stand up to your feet right now all around this room? Today's Serve Sunday, and I just want you to know you don't 
have to serve in only your spiritual gift. Sometimes just serving and helping out and pitching in for a while helps you discover your spiritual gift. In fact, that's how I did. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I was given a box to bring, or before I was a youth pastor, I was just a volunteer. I just had just gotten saved. I, they gave me this blue box. And I, I, my job was to bring it to youth group every Wednesday night. And it had pencils in it and forms in it and things like that. And I would set up, and we still have it. It's in Taylor's garage right now. That blue box is 40 years old. And that box was my entrance to finding my spiritual gift by being faithful with that blue box. And it changed my life forever. And I, I, I wanna pray that you would find your buried treasure. I pray that any belief that you have or any type of past that you have or any kind of collision that you've had with God or with people in the church, I pray that you'll get past that and find that buried gift of yours. So you just put your hands open like this. Father, I pray for every person that they would receive into their care the spiritual gift that is within them. I pray, God, that you would open their eyes to see it. And I pray, God, that there would be no weapon formed against that gift that would prosper. I pray right now that all around this room that you would just breathe life into every single person here and open up that treasure box that treasure box with that gift, Lord. And I pray that they would get familiar with that gift. And I pray that they would use that gift. And I pray that you would anoint them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, we are living at such a time as this. This isn't horrible times. This is the time that you chose for us to be here. Now activate our gifts. And God, I pray that you would send revival to this land in Jesus' name. Send revival, Lord, and then use us to, to harness the revival, to build your kingdom come, to build your will being done here on earth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Prayer partners, would you fill the front right here? Those of you that are wanting prayer, that you would be able to wake up that gift within yourself. I want you to just come out of your seat right now and just come on down to the front right now. If that's you, you go, man, I need to wake up my gift. And you want somebody to pray over you and activate your gift. Just come on down to the front. Don't be ashamed. Don't be worried. Just, just, just jump Jump, 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 and come and receive the gift that God has for you. Let it be stirred inside of you. Let it be stirred in your heart. Let it be stirred in your mind. And may, may that gift wake up within you. And wake up within you. Wake up within you. Wake up within you. And revive your soul. Revive your soul. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.